this season of Lent, we have been considering the various blessings and benefits that are afforded to us through the precious blood of Christ shed on the cross for our sins. A couple weeks ago, we saw that by his blood, Jesus made propitiation for our sins. That means that he satisfied uh, the just wrath of God uh, against us. Last week, we saw that, that by Jesus' blood, we have been purchased for God. That means we belong to God. We are his people. We are, we are the sheep of his pasture. This week, we see yet another blessing and benefit that is ours through the precious blood of Christ, and it's the blessing and benefit of justification. We see this in Romans 5, verse 9. Romans 5, verse 9 uh, I will read that verse for you now. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved through, uh, from God's wrath through him? I'll read it again. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Before we study this word together, let's pray tonight. Our Lord and our God, we thank you for the opportunity we have to gather around your word again. We pray that as we study it together and as we study this great truth of justification, that you would open our eyes to things unseen, our ears uh, to things unheard, our minds to things unknown, and our hearts to things unbelieved. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Justification uh, is one of the most important words of our faith. Justification was at the heart of the Reformation years ago. Uh, many have said that the doctrine of justification is the doctrine upon which the church stands or falls. Get the doctrine right, and the church stands, the church thrives. Get the doctrine wrong, and the church falls. Now, what is justification. What does, it, what does it mean that we are justified by Christ's blood? Well, the word justified is a legal word. Uh, Louis Burkhoff defines justification as the legal act of God by which he declares the sinner righteous on the basis of the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. John Calvin defines it as the acceptance of with which God receives sinners into his favor as righteous men. R.C. Sproul says justification is a legal pronouncement made by God in which he decrees something, uh, or excuse me, in which he decrees someone to be just in his sight. So our theme tonight is, is, is justified, and I want to consider that theme with you under two headings. First, justification explained, uh, and second, justification applied. Justification explained and justification applied. Uh, as we delve into it together tonight, I'm going to lean heavily on Article 23 of the Belgic Confession. It sets forth nicely the biblical truth of justification. Uh, if you'd like to follow along, um, I uh, will hopefully have emailed that to you. Uh, and or you might find it online, or you might find it on page 839 in the Gray Psalter Hymnal. First tonight, justification explained. Article 23 of the Belgic Confession, 
uh, begins with these words. We believe that our blessedness lies in the forgiveness of our sins because of Christ Jesus, and that in it, our righteousness before God is contained. As David and Paul teach us when they declare that the man blessed to whom God grants and credits righteousness apart from works. Now, in this, in this explanation, the confession hits on what's called the twofold aspect of justification. It is sometimes said, and maybe this is how you were, you were taught, justification means that I am just as if I never sinned. Now, that is correct insofar as it goes when a person is justified through faith in Christ. It is just as if he or she never sinned. The problem with this definition, however, is that it, it only goes so far. It only goes halfway. Because you see, in, in justifying us, God not only forgives our sins, he not only takes our sin away from us, but he also gives us something in its place. And what God gives us specifically is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And this is what we mean by the, the twofold aspect of justification. There's what's called the, the negative aspect, that is the removal of our sins, the forgiveness of our sins. And there's the, there's the positive aspect, which refers to the, to the giving of Christ's righteousness to us. So when we're justified, our, our sins are taken away, Christ's righteousness is given to us in its place. This is, this is the twofold aspect of justification. So Christ in his death, he, he died the death we as sinners deserve, but that's not all he did. Christ also lived the life that we could not. Jesus was perfectly righteous in every way. When we come to him in faith, we receive the benefits of his death. Our sins are removed from us. We also receive the benefits of his life. His righteousness is given to us. So at one and the same time, our sins are forgiven. We are declared righteous on the basis of Christ's own righteousness. This is what the Belgian Confession is saying in the first paragraph here, when it says, we believe that our blessedness lies in the forgiveness of our sins because of Jesus Christ, and that in it, that is in the forgiveness of our sins in Christ, our righteousness before God is also contained. So when we're justified, the filthy garment of our sin is taken away through Christ's death, but we are not left there standing naked before God. God doesn't just give us a new beginning and tell us to go do better the next time. Try to measure up this time around. No, that's not how it goes. When we're justified in Christ by his precious blood, the filthy garments of our sin are taken away. We receive in its place a beautiful robe of righteousness. Okay, so, so when a sinner comes to faith in Jesus, God doesn't just say not guilty. He also says righteous. Those are the two aspects of justification. These two things together are what it means to be justified. The Apostle Paul has been making this clear uh, in his letter to the Romans. If we would go back to Romans 3, verses 21 through 24, this is what we read. Paul says, but now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify." 
This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So in those verses, Paul, Paul talks about who through faith, how through faith in Christ we, we receive the forgiveness of sins, but not just the forgiveness of sins, we also receive a righteousness from God. In Romans 4.4, 4, Paul says, Now when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. However, the man who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. He then goes on to quote David in Psalm 32, Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord has not counted against him. So, so Paul there speaks about both aspects of justification. He speaks about God's forgiving our sins, and he speaks about God's counting us righteous. And, and he speaks about them there as if they're, they're one and the same thing. He speaks about them as if our righteousness before God is indeed contained in the forgiveness of our sins in Christ, as the confession says it is. Now perhaps, perhaps the most helpful places in Scripture for us this evening to understand this whole concept of justification are in a couple of stories which illustrate this entire doctrine of justification beautifully. The first story is in Zechariah 3. This is one of Zechariah's visions that occupy the first six chapters of the book. Listen closely, Zechariah 3. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, Take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, See, I have taken away your sin. Now I will put rich garments on you. Then I said, Put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they clothed him while the angel of the Lord stood by. There it is, in the book of Zechariah, the doctrine of justification. Joshua, the high priest's filthy clothes are taken off, and in their place he's given rich garments of righteousness. The devil can no longer point to those filthy clothes. They're no longer there. That's what happens to you and I when we come to Christ in faith. We see this illustrated in another story as well. It's a familiar story, although you may not have realized it was even there, and I'm not even sure I always realized it was there. Jesus said there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth. And wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen in that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. 
He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and he kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. He's seen it there or not, but the son, he, he confesses his sin. And what happens? The father brings out the best robe, ring, sandals, puts it on him. Again, it's the doctrine of justification. It's what happens to the sinner when he takes hold of Christ by faith. Sin removed. Robes of righteousness in its place. That's justification explained. Next, let's consider justification applied. Once again, we turn our eyes to the Belgian Confession, and it tells us that the truth of justification ought to affect us in two ways. First, the Confession says that this truth of justification ought to inspire us to give glory to God. You see that in the second paragraph of the Confession. We read, and the same apostle says that we are justified freely, or by grace through redemption in Christ Jesus. And therefore we cling to this foundation which is firm forever, giving all glory to God, humbling ourselves, and recognizing ourselves as we are, not claiming a thing for ourselves or our merits, and leaning and resting on the sole obedience of Christ crucified, which is ours when we believe in him. The doctrine of justification inspires us to give glory to God, because it tells us, it tells, it tells us that we're poor and needy sinners, yet the forgiveness we need and the righteousness we need, they're found in Christ. The things we as sinners need, everything we need, forgiveness, righteousness, it's all in Christ. These are things God affords to us while we're still sinners, Paul says in Romans 5. And when we, when we realize, when we realize that the very things we need, not just half of what we need, but everything we need, forgiveness and righteousness, when we realize it's all found in Christ, we can't help but say with the psalmist, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. We can't help but sing with the multitude in heaven, salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. The doctrine inspires us to glorify God alone. Secondly, the doctrine of justification gives us confidence. We see that in the remainder of Article 23. Referring to the sole obedience of Christ crucified, which is ours when we believe in him, the confession says that is enough to cover all our sins and to make us confident, freeing the conscience from fear, dread, and terror of God's approach without doing what our first father Adam did, who trembled as he tried to cover himself with fig leaves. 
course, that's the point Paul's making here in Romans 5. You look at verse 1, he says, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And if we look at Romans 5, verses 10 and 11, three times we see that word reconciliation. The doctrine of justification, it gives us confidence before God. It frees us from the terror and the dread and the fear that is common to sinners. This was, this was the fear and dread that overtook Adam and Eve in the garden when they ran from the Lord. It's the fear and the dread that is behind the panic in our world today in the midst of this pandemic. Right? The fundamental problem people have is that they do not have peace with God. They are God's enemies. They know it. And so when God gives them just a little small foretaste of his judgment like he's doing today, people freak out. It's unsettling. But beloved, as people who've been justified by the blood of Jesus, we have peace with God. We've been, we've been reconciled to God. We need not be terrified by God. We need not be slaves to fear. Even today, right? we don't need to fear. Because the God who, who makes himself known in creation, right? He is our God. We have peace with him through the blood of Christ. Isn't that good news? Isn't that tremendous comfort? Because of Christ's blood, our sins have been forgiven. We've been declared righteous in God's sight. And in days like today, that changes everything. Let's pray again. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the precious blood of Christ. We thank, give you thanks and praise for the great blessing of justification, which is ours through faith in Christ. Encourage us in that truth in the week ahead. For Jesus' sake, amen.